Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Very, very well. I'm feeling like an android today. Oh, like Data on Star Trek or like a Cylon on um, Battleship Star Galactica? Oh, Cylon. Much better choice than Data. Mm. No offense to the the guy who plays Data. Uh, Brent Spiner. Spiner. Mm -hmm. Are you a Spiner fan? Oh my God, yes. Whoa, your eyes rolled back in your head like you tasted him. New generation over here. Really? Yeah, all my whole theater school days was like, I was that in X-Files. X-Files were great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was everything. I had no idea that you were... But Data, of all of the characters to pick, would you say Data's your number one? No, no. I love all of them. I love, you know, uh, Mariana Sirtis, who played Deanna Troy. I love Tasha Yar. Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, you know, of course, all of them. I wasn't a big fan of Jonathan Frakes, who played... Um, uh, what's his name? Second in Command. Riker. Uh, uh, Captain Beard. Yeah, Captain Beard. Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't like... Some people really loved him. He, he kind of split the vote a little bit, I feel like, because everyone loves Jean-Luc Picard. Of course. Um, yeah, I wasn't that big a fan of Riker. Um, and also, I wasn't a huge fan of Will Wheaton, who played Crusher. Oh, yeah. Well, I see. And I, I only know Will Wheaton from Will Wheaton Now. Yeah, he's fucking great. I mean, I think he's an amazing... He's actually a really cool advocate for like mental health and stuff. And yeah. He's really open about his own experience. Yeah, he's very fucking cool. I just wasn't that big a fan of his. I think everyone was like, oh, he's so cute. And I was like, mm, I like him a little rougher, you know? But you don't like Riker. I feel like his yeah. beard would scratch your neck. I Yeah, I definitely like... I think it was something about his... Um, and he played it so well. Like it was a great acting job. He played that kind of like slightly imperious, kind of like slightly condescending thing, which was really great as an actor. But it also made you dislike him a little bit. Yep. You know, I think I, he just did a really great job. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I need that in my life. I need the people who treat me a little bit like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me like, give me the old what for. Yeah. I like getting nagged very slightly every once in a while. It makes me work harder, but don't nag me. But <laughs> sometimes, you know, yeah, you need to work harder for people's approval a little how, bit. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm loving this start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek start. Yep. <laughs> Into it. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. <laughs> Hi. This, this is a podcast only about Star Trek, a show I've never seen. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, a, the, the the podcast is about uh, weed. And grub. Pop culture. And food. Sex. And um, like sci-fi. I love sci-fi and I've not seen much sci-fi. Wow. I, I love Total Recall. Yes. I'm not, I what sci-fi should I be watching? Oh, fucking everything. I mean, I used to read a lot of sci-fi and like kind of dystopian, futuristic, you know, it depends on how you define sci-fi, I guess. It's a pretty broad scope. But... Well, you keep telling me to read 1984 and I still haven't. Yeah, that's not sci-fi. That's just sort of like a dystopian it's futuristic. It's a diary. Yeah, it was just a fucking like, yeah. <laughs> the diary of America 2019. It's just the future. It's just, yeah, it's the present in some ways. But um, I don't know. I used to love, like I used to read Isaac Asimov when I was a kid and that kind of stuff, like short story sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And then one of the plays that I wrote, which is called Anna Axis is sci-fi. It was. Um, so Will you publish it? I don't want to publish it. I want to like make it into something. I would love to have it become something again. Like it's been on stage twice now in Seattle and New York. Do you think Netflix would pick it up? Maybe. I mean, putting it out there, it would be really cool to develop it as like a. Sh I think it's. It would be a. It would be like an hour, or I could develop it into like a series if I really dove into it. But an I'd hour like long that. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watch that. Or yeah. break it up into. 
um like eight minute chunks and put it on something else so i can just binge it yeah put it on the web put it on the world wide web it's a two-hander set in a laboratory super fucking creepy that sounds perfect. Yeah. And there's so many labs around here. Yeah. <laughs> you just need a white room. Oh, yeah. You don't even need a lab. Nope. You just need a room that you can make into. A- Anywhere is a lab if you have the right equipment. Just two great actors in a white room with a bunch of vials and beakers and a lab coat or two. I have a lab coat because I used to wear one to the club you? in high school. Oh, fuck. Or no, college. College. I used to wear a lab coat to the club as a way to like get attention. And I would lie and tell people that I was uh, just coming from work. Wow. And, you know, wear, I'd wear a lab coat and get hammered. Did it work? Fuck yeah. You got so much attention. So much attention. And I'm so good at weaving stories once I get going that everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do these days. And I'm just driven and wow, you know, Nobel, Nobel laureate over here, you know. That's awesome. And while I'm drinking a pint of whiskey. <laughs> talking about how i'm gonna save the world slurredly i bet you were pretty fun i also like loki that'd be a red flag for most people oh i am a walking red flag (laughs) the guy in the lab coat lying about where he works yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah i didn't mention that i'm like you are a red flag (laughs) i'm a super yeah (laughs) my nickname growing up was red flag (laughs) glazer i actually think that you would be really great in anaphylaxis as the as the male character i'll be it i haven't even read it count me in okay can I ad lib and punch it up? I'm casting you. You can definitely ad lib and punch it up. He's very funny. Okay. And then, yeah, we just have to cast someone like really amazing at acting and very beautiful across from you. You know, maybe a really nice cat. <laughs> <laughs> just me and a cat in a just room? you and a cat. Is this the direction you want your award-winning play to go? That's actually not, but I, <laughs> I would that watch that as a short, just you in a room with a cat. I think people would tune in for that. We've all seen you with a sloth and a monkey. That's true. Yeah. You hanging with uh, Mr. But that Bo? also makes me feel so sad. Like, that's the dude you see at the convention center signing autographs, like, yeah. uh, at age 80 for the thing that he did in 1920. Oh. Right? And now it's like, oh, cool, Glazer went from sloth and monkey, and now he's, like, with a cat in a room just, like, chasing fame. <laughs> Christ, that's sad. I mean, Grumpy Cat had a handler. There's a Chewini that I follow whose human makes a ton of money. Just you know. Yeah, but I don't want my mark on the world to be like, hey, did you see Mike sit in that room with a cat and then like <laughs> I would put it out money. there and be like, please watch. So fun. Listen, epic, epic time. Best cat video. I would pay money to watch that. Be with a cat? Just saying, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think you vibe with cats. I like the idea that it would be... Some, you know, when you go to a strip club and you put the money in and the screen goes up (laughs) and it's just a a dancer. Yeah. And it's just like a cat and me (laughs) in a room. It's definitely sleeping and I'm definitely just like needing it to give me attention. Oh, fuck. I love this. (laughs) Peep show with Glazer and Bobo. Yeah, peep show. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to get to some news yeah this is not news <laughs> so let's get to something important and good this is nonsense um word on the tree so our news segment the grublet gazette which is powered by word on the tree follow at word on the tree for everything that is good in cannabis news this week is reporting that illinois has officially become the 11th state in the nation to legalize adult use marijuana the 11th state to legalize adult use marijuana and there are i think 30 states with medical use on the books so you know, the tide is completely turned. This is a huge fucking deal. And in January of 2020, um, Governor J.B. Pritzker has just signed the legislation that will allow residents to possess up to one ounce of marijuana. Fucking awesome. Yeah. That's a reasonable amount to have. Yeah. 
It's great. It's fucking awesome. And I actually don't know what the deal is with, you know, what the like retail um, market's going to look like in Illinois. Do you have any idea? Uh, well, I have friends who are going to hopefully thrive. Yeah. Yeah. S- friends in the, in the medical. Friends in or, the medical. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, okay. So what's January minus June? Uh, it's six months away. Six months away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so right around the corner. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I mean, I've got a lot of family in Illinois and I've got a lot of friends in Illinois and it's going to be so great for the economy. I mean, Chicago, I think is, you know, everybody thinks of Chicago when they think of Illinois, but Illinois is a big fucking state. Yeah. And there are a lot of people in it. So this is going to help, I hope schools, I hope they do, I don't know if they announced where the taxes are going to go and things yet. I mean, I'm not, I'm just looking at the article right now and it doesn't have much information other than that it will be legal. Um, Residents will be allowed to purchase and possess up to one ounce and non-residents will be able to have up to 15 grams. That's really all that they're reporting right now. So I'm imagining that they'll take the next six months to get the programs online and figure out like where the tax revenue is going to go and what the retail shops will look like and who gets the licenses and hopefully it'll be fair. Hopefully they'll introduce an equity program so that you know people who have suffered because of the fucking drug war and the unfair penalties especially on people of color will like be first in line to get those licenses hell and like yes. make some money off it hell yes it's very exciting hell yes congrats what's the what's the uh, nickname for illinois the nickname of illinois yeah you know how like it's oh missouri's hat oh my- <laughs> the, fed- the fedora of the midwest okay great. fucking no <laughs> i don't know like new york near uh, the empire state oh you know? it's the windy city well that's chicago right oh yeah yeah the the state known for chicago <laughs> oh, damn one cool thing is the winter is so brutal in chicago mm. and there are these train stations that always have heat lamps under them so you feel like a mcdonald's hamburger under while you're waiting for the train yeah under a heat lamp mm-hmm. and now you can like bust out a little joint and make friends with everyone while you're shivering and counting down the five minutes until the train comes up <sighs> weed does make the cold better it really does yeah when i lived in newfoundland and in montreal and we used to smoke a little bit it would just insulate you very slightly against that bone chilling pain of the fucking winter yeah when you're wearing two pairs of gloves and thick wool socks underneath your boots and no hat can cover you enough and you know when you put your scarf up around your face and then it freezes in the shape of your face like that mask yes yeah weed helps that it does yeah (laughs) because you are literally looking like sub-zero in mortal Kombat, wearing a mask on your face Mm -hmm. brutal and i'm using cbd oil right now on my face i gotta say if i had had that when i was living in montreal in those winters you know when your whole face like peels off and cracks because you're so dry yes if you have access to some cbd face products it's the fucking jam i'm living it right now living it and loving it are you standing cbd oil right now i am standing the cbd oil that i got for free in a very swanky gift bag and it is working and I do love it and I don't know if I would actually pay for it but I am like yeah taking advantage of a lovely product that I received well don't say their name until they send you a shitload more I'm not going to damn right (laughs) that's the game (laughs) (laughs) well congrats to Illinois because the Windy City does have some of the best food on the planet yeah come on yeah so I'm excited to go and visit Chicago for the first time when they have legal weed and like eat some great food and smoke some great weed and oh my god I didn't even think because the the um alcohol culture there is thick right it's a it's like boston right yeah like hard drinking bars are open till five burrito places are open till six because wow. they know how to play it right uh-huh. oh my gosh it'll be interesting to know how the culture changes with drinking because i have so many friends who when they moved here they were coming from the new england states or the midwest where you know beer is king and then they came here and they were like oh I'm smoking so much more now, which is healthier. I've lost weight. 
my mornings, I have mornings again, you yeah. know? And so I'm really hoping that cannabis also changes alcohol culture because Illinois is a hard drinking state, man. Yeah, it's really interesting, that idea of being California sober. I read a great op-ed by uh, an incredible writer named Michelle Luke, H- uh, L-H-O-O-Q, mm. and she's having weed raves here in L.A., and she wrote a book about weed culture, and she used to write about music in New York, and she was like, you know, really like living that, like partying hard, staying up until the sun came up, all that kind of stuff, and then she moved to L.A., and she just realized that she needed to adjust, and she did, and she's what she calls California sober now, which is like weed and psychedelics, basically. Yeah. And she is like, I'm happier, and I'm healthier, and it's a really great op-ed. I'll see if I can find it and link it. That's really cool. It's a very cool read. I like that because microdosing is all the rage out here, but I don't know that it's like I feel like because we hear about it or it's legal, like everybody hears, and I forget we're in a bubble sometimes. Yeah. And something like microdosing and shrooms making its way through the country at the same time that cannabis does is a very exciting time for mental health because I remember being in Chicago and drinking way too much all the time and running down the streets blackout drunk and a uh, great time, but at a certain point, it was like, I need to do something different. And we definitely played a huge part in that. Yeah, that's so cool. That's also a great lead into who we have as our guest today. Oh, it is. Oh, my gosh. It yeah. is. Well, can we get, we, we should do Buds of the Week and then get to our VIB. Yes. Okay. Can I go first again? Okay. I know it's the, I keep going first, but I really like my Buds. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. My Bud of the Week this week is Kate Peterman. Yeah. Kate Peterman. Oh, she's so fucking cool. We've known each other for a hot minute now. Her Instagram is Kate Peterman, K-A-T-E-P-E-T-E-R-M-A-N. I mean, she only has 43,000 Instagram followers. Wow, what is that like? Yeah, right? <laughs> to, to like post one pic and see it like a jackpot, ding, 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 with hearts. Wow. The reason she's my butt of the week this week is because she is doing her first one-woman show ever in August called People Pleaser. So if you live in LA, go support her show, People Pleaser. She's also a great fucking follow on Instagram. She's hilarious. You might recognize her from a bunch of stuff, but I don't want to put her on blast. Follow her on IG, listen to her podcast, and support her first ever solo performance coming in August. What's Who's your butt of the week? My butt of the week is at Dana Lethal. So I met Dana at a shoot that I did last week that was so fucking cool um, that I can't talk about just yet, but... Um, yeah, it was. I met some really great friends there. And Dana is the founder of Green Angels, which is a delivery service that started out in New York and is now here in L.A. And it's um, female-owned, females-focused. It's mostly women delivering to and for women. There are also men involved, but it was like it really started out as a safe way to order weed if you were a woman, um, you know, and you didn't want like some random person coming to your house that you didn't feel comfortable with. And sometimes, most of the time, women feel more comfortable with women. So Green Angels is a super cool delivery service here in L.A. Dana Lethal is at Dana, D-A-N-N-A-L-E-E-T-H-A-L. And her information about Green Angels is on her bio. She's a great follow. She's got some amazing um, shots from a Playboy shoot she did last year. She's just super cool. I really liked meeting her. And she's my bud of the week. Great bud. I It never occurred to me for a weed delivery service that a woman delivering to a woman is something that is important to think about. Yeah, and I remember when they started out in New York and everyone, it was like the buzz went through the community. Everyone was like, did you hear about this amazing new delivery service? And then it was parodied, or not parodied, but um, they paid homage to it on High Maintenance. Oh, shit, that's great. Yeah, there was an episode where they had this all-female delivery service, and I was like, oh, shit, that's so cool. Great buds of the week. Yeah. And our VIB bud is somebody that you introduced to me, and I can't think of not having them in my life. Oh, my God. So we have this week Lauren Hurt, who is... I mean, 
she's hard to put it into words because she's so many things. But first and foremost, she's an incredible photographer who took our photos that have sort of in large part defined our uh, like image. I mean, she started listening to the pod early on and she was like, I have a great idea for a shoot. And she did a really cool shoot with us. And you can see that on weedandgrub.com. Any picture of us with that food and I'm pointing to smoke and taking a hamburger bite. All of those were Lauren Hurt's vision, Lauren Hurt's execution, Lauren Hurt's photography talents, Lauren Hurt. She's an incredible artist, great friend, great hang, and had so much to say about so many fun things. Like we just ended up doing bits yeah. and then talking about a lot of acid and art and it was pretty wide ranging. We like got super baked yeah. and then we just kind of went. You smoke a lot of weed with friends and that's what it's all about. <laughs> I feel like re-listening to this episode, I was like, oh, I would want to be in a room with these people having a ball and chiming in and just getting it going. It's fucking great. I had a great time. She's a truly amazing human that I feel very lucky to know. Thank you for introducing me to her. And thank you, Lauren, for coming and hanging with us. So uh, without further ado, here is our interview with Lauren Hurt. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Let's just jump in. Yeah, let's get right. into it. We with, have the dopest guest. We have the best guest. Hi, Lauren Hurt. Hi, guys. I mean, you brought cheese and like meat and cookies and art. Yes, that's true. Ugh. But can I just say you really brought the art? Wait. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's so silly. So, well, for anyone listening who maybe hasn't seen what we look like, I don't know, you can look on the internet and if you go to our website, Lauren's photograph is what has defined us, I think, from the beginning since we started doing this podcast. It's every magazine that, we've been in, yep. every internet magazine we've been in, um, <laughs> on a wall of another human being now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's fucking crazy. I know. So that uh, picture that I took, someone decided that was fine art. And thus, when someone decides something, it becomes it. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are fine art. That's amazing. It's so crazy. And um, yeah, what a wild feeling. I've always wanted to be on a wall. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. For what's, real. Yeah. What's crazy is you're on the wall of some like random rich white guy in Pasadena. It's great. He walks around naked in front of that thing. <laughs> yeah, really? like, we're looking at some dude out from the wall. Don't you ever think about like what the art museums like looks at? Do you ever think about that? No. Uh, no, I never thought about that. <laughs> what if everybody at home is like, yeah, all of us. You two have it? Everyone else. Mike and I are like, are we the straight kids here? I don't know. You don't ever envision things from the point of view of the paintings that you're looking at? You're a writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a really famous painting called The Origin of the World, L'Origine du Monde. Do you know that painting? It's of a woman's vagina. Oh, it's I like would. I should. It's like an old, beautiful painting. It was painted in the 1800s. And it's just like from the mid-thigh to her belly, and it's her legs splayed open in this like beautiful, natural woman's vagina. And um, it hangs in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. And I've always like thought of that, like that model who had that painting done of her and how mm. that's like... Her legacy is mm -hmm. that, and I don't know. I guess I think of it from her point of view sometimes. Or her we just got vagina, really stoned. Or her vagina's <laughs> point farms. of view. Her, yeah. yeah. Her eyes aren't even in the picture. No, it's just her vagina, but it's called the origin of the world. Yeah. So cool. Shout yeah. out to women's vaginas. Shout out vaginas. What's up, weed Making and vaginas? <laughs> yeah, portals, huh? Yeah. Just an amazing portal. But portal. Just, to another universe. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Where? That's a, you or know. like portable your portable your dick. 
no. portal. Wait, well, right? yeah, yeah, but no, no, it's like it's the bridge between like the <laughs> ethereal and this reality. The vagina is. Yeah. Mm, it's a portal. I, I don't. The baby comes out. It has a soft spot. <laughs> The soul is in the delivery room and it floats into the soft spot and that takes a human form. Wow. Cool. <laughs> we get deep fast. That was the, if you were ever to become a mom, that was the cool that would knock it out of the park. <laughs> Just looking you straight in the eyes. <laughs> Uh, I'm making a decision on how to respond to this. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Ooh, welcome to Weed and Grab, everybody. <laughs> nice to meet you all. Oh my god! That's wild to think about the um, the woman whose picture that was of. Mm-hmm. You had to go see that piece of art, right? Yes. Like that news, word of mouth would travel, but you also then had to travel to go see that. Picture. Pre-internet, yes, Pre-internet. you had to go and oh, stand yeah, yeah, yeah. places yeah. and look at things in in buildings. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. That is dedication. It is. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Oh. It's actually really crazy to think about that. There are people probably in our lives even who've never been to a museum. Mm-hmm. Like they just get it all through screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like your Instagram is curated. It is a museum of portraits. Thank you. Um, no, but I just forget to post a lot. Huh. But I will say to that point. My very, very favorite, actually, to not the Instagram point, different point. Better um, point? But hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> My um, favorite artist, Mark Rothko. I had never heard of him before, and I went to the Tate Modern mm-hmm. in London when I was uh, 18, maybe. I got on a plane and said I need to go look at some art and yeah. eat some... Fish and chips? Fish and chips. I don't know. <laughs> And then I got there and I'm like, what do you guys eat? Uh-huh. What do they eat? They, Blood sausage. Yeah. Curry. Yeah. A lot of curry. curry. Yeah. Good curry. Side note. <laughs> um, no, I went to the Tate and I was so tired and I sat down in front of the Mark Rothko big ones, like in the room. And I just looked at those fucking huge paintings and I just started sobbing. Oh. And I felt art in my bones. And I was like, what? How is all of this wrapped up in this experience? And it's and the Tate room is so curated. It's like set to his lighting and everything that he requested. And, uh, and all of a sudden I realized, oh, that's what art, that's what good art does. Like art can just and like get into you and make you feel something. And then I was like, okay, this guy, he's my favorite painter in the whole world. It's my favorite experience, my favorite art. And then I would go, I went back home and I was like, you guys, people, Mark Rothko's the, the shit. Like his, his paintings are the most amazing. And they would look him up on the internet. And on the internet, they're just these tiny little things. Like you don't see the, how huge yeah. the scope is and how vivid the colors are and everything. And people are like, yeah, cool. Like, oh, he just made a wall red. Yeah, he just like painted a red square. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought was like, oh, the the guy who paints things red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the red dude. And it's just like, yeah, on a screen, it just looks like a color oh, block. What? Awesome. Why does it, it looks awful on yeah. a screen? Why did yeah. it get you so caught up in its feels? Um, I think that for me, it was more about like color. Um, like those colors were the colors were so so beautiful and mm. the paintings are so big that you can go right up to it and for like your whole peripheral vision is just that same color so it's like you're wrapped 
up whoa yeah if you're like really close you feel like that whole the world and the feeling of that color is completely enveloping you and that is like transformative for i don't know i think i feel like they do psychology about color theory and how they make you feel yeah Kanye Mm -hmm. just did a whole big talk about it on the david letterman special he's working with a guy who's um he uses lights that are very specific type of like pink and blue mm. and those pinks and blues are like you don't even know what they're doing to your insides yeah. is the red aggressive is it angry no it's very it's passionate i would say and thoughtful oh and creative hmm. that was kind of like what i got but more passionate like i wouldn't say angry and aggressive like oh, i'm gonna hurt you but like i have something i need to get out you know yeah hmm. Would you say the same about your microphone cover since it's red? Yeah, I love it. All right, cool. <laughs> Actually, I, I was, I'm like, you guys, like, did you choose the clown noses for the microphones? Or did you just come? <laughs> I we, yeah. yeah, we purchased clown yeah. noses. <laughs> just, like, are, you just, are you just trying to like make jokes right in front of my face? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Everything's silly. Yeah. Really. I actually really like it. My dream that I used to have for... Uh, I did. I was trying to do it in college, but the walls, you know, outside the front door, you'll have that little piece right above the doorbell of wall. It's just open wall right what? there. Like what? if like on either side of a, a door frame. Box? No, on either side of a door frame and a front door, you have walls, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And so like right above the um, doorbell is like usually like a little space of wall that's like five inches high before a window. Oh, Okay. Are you with me? No, I, I can't visualize that door. Picture, okay, picture <laughs> the Midwestern door. door. Okay. Picture a Midwestern door, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's a rectangle. There's the doorbell. Yeah. And there's a little piece of wall, and then there's a window right here, and then there's like the window on the door frame up here. Is that hard to describe? Yeah. All I right. don't know why I'm having I, such a I, hard time. Can we time stop with this that. and I'll draw it? <laughs> No, what if I go buy a house and I'm like, it's this. By by above it, do you mean beside it? Above the doorbell and underneath a thin window as part of the door frame. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot see this door for the life of me. Are you guys fucking with me? Like, why is there a window above the doorbell? Like, usually the doorbell is just, like, on the side of the door, and it's just wall. I just remembered, like, you've never been to my dad's house. Because <laughs> that's what I'm picturing is my parents' house. And it took me a minute to be like, why is this so hard? And it's because you just don't know where my parents live. No. <laughs> so what about this piece of wall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never. Oh, but were you just playing along? Well, <laughs> where is this a Midwestern door? You can picture the door because of Iowa. I kind of can because I've a been door to the like Midwest. That in Iowa? I've been to Iowa. Yeah, there are okay. doors like that in Iowa. I feel like well, people in the Midwest love their windows with like <laughs> see-through drapes on them and shit like oh. that. Oh. Yeah. Like little doilies, like yeah. hang, like suspended in them with the tension wires. Yeah, exactly. Like the that you can picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just grandma, not Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> but where is the doorbell in that window? It's underneath the window, but in between it is a piece of wall that's just blank. Okay. okay. So I'm just going to give you that. Okay. What's, what's it doesn't happening, matter what's anymore. What's happening in that piece of wall that's the blank? The journey here is much better than the X. <laughs> it's about the journey. It's about the journey. Totally. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I still want to know what's happening with this piece of wall. I know. Are you- I, I thought it would be really funny. Oh, my <laughs> like- God. It, the journey is so much better than what I'm about to say. <laughs> I thought it would be really funny in college to take a book and screw a hinge into the bottom of the book and then screw that hinge into the piece of wall next to the door. Uh-huh. That way, every time you got home, you could pretend that you were going into a secret passage by pulling the book like it's on a hinge <laughs> and then unlocking your front door. <laughs> yes. Wow. As okay. just something fun to do. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> so the doorbell ring was your cue that you could enter the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the house is a universe, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh this terrifying book about a house that has an entire universe One and a house of, my of leaves. Books ever. Ooh, I just got chills. I just got oh, chills. Oh, yeah. I read that book blah, 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 in blah. sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Oh, you were so young. So young. Oh, that's, and it I took feel me like that's like, too young to read that book. It, well, maybe that's why I'm so fucked up. In my head. <laughs> it's a fucking scary book. It is amazing. Oh. It is one of the most beautifully put together books because this book, physical book, was a work of art. And the way that it was, did you read it in, yeah, in flesh? And like all, like there were chapters upon chapters where the book, the words were just in spirals going down into the center of the page, or then they were like climbing up the next page. Like the words had a life of their own. Like it was, it was just so creepy. Yeah. As the story sort of got crazier and crazier, the actual physical words on the page would reflect it. And then there were like cool etchings and yeah, and it's a really fucking scary book. It's such a scary book. I had to put it, like, when I wasn't reading it, I was I put it in a drawer and closed the drawer because I was like, it can't just be out in my space. Wow. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah. What kind of a kid were you in sixth grade? Oh, I was, I guess, pre- well, pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In Oregon? Yeah. In Oregon. Like, I saw kids in sixth grade, and that was, like, seminal for me, seeing, oh. har- seeing a Harmony Corinne movie that young. Mm-hmm. But House of Leaves... One, you were a reader, and you were yeah. a voracious yeah, reader. Yeah, it's an adult book. Like, yeah. But I feel like watching a movie was way more scary for me because mm. I got afraid. Like, I'm still traumatized from Jurassic Park. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was terrified watching Jurassic Park. Like, Re- like, like the original? The original Jurassic Park that I would probably now watch and be like, I mean, hilarious. I guess it is pretty scary with the, like, I uh, just thought, like, because I'm so visual. Maybe that's why I'm a photographer. Yeah. But, like, when I see things, I get so, so emotionally involved and wrapped up in it. Mm. And, like, the visions rule my brain. What was the first photo that you saw that you were like, holy fuck? The first photo that ever made me fall in love with photography was one that I took when I was traveling, when I was 13 or 14, and I was traveling through Honduras, and I took this picture of these four little girls all standing in a line and hugging each other, and they're all looking at me, and they, well, no, they're not, they're not all, most of them are looking at me, one's, like, looking to the, down to the side, um, but they all are, like, so beautifully unique, their own little species you know like they're all each individually like themselves and different and there's so much soul in their eyes and they couldn't have been more than like six years old seven maybe and they just were so beautiful to me that I was like I can't I can capture like the beauty of a person in an image and just like have it I love this Hmm. so that's how I know I'm a portrait photographer like through and through because like that's why I do what I do is to like find the beauty in people or like what is that very unique, beautiful thing that only they have to offer that I could like help them feel safe enough to bring out. 
So that's what made me like want to be a photographer and love it. And honestly, like having watched you work with so many people when we like with Charlie Sheen, that amazing session, it was so I was so nervous for the whole thing because he's, you know, Charlie fucking Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was so wild to sort of see him show up like very bundled and layered and like reserved. And then as you worked with him and like had him like holding bags of weed and like in this grow room, he opened up to the point where like at the end he was like, what's your rate? Or like, can you work on a project? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, maybe, maybe she'll be good for this yeah. secret project we have. Yeah. I'm it's like, just okay. amazing what you do. I mean, you bring out the magic in people. Thanks. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good one. Mm-hmm. That was a weird one. Yeah. Good. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, you did, who else did you shoot for when we, I was With at, you, I shot um, Super Troopers, Super Troopers mm-hmm. for the cover, which was really fun because they were all so good. They're just like such wonderful guys. Yeah. Such fun guys. They're fun. And really sweet to like also read the real dynamics of the relationship. You know, like Jay was like definitely the director. Like he was so concerned with the concept and like how he wanted everyone to be portrayed. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about that and I'm like, yeah, I got you. And and he was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yep, yep, okay. And then all the other guys were just like, <laughs> like so silly and that's so great. fun. And you could tell, like, oh, that's how that dynamic works. Like, yeah. someone has to be the adult in the room. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like, so funny, but so serious. So serious. And yeah. that's also where his funny comes from. Yeah, because you're just like, you play that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and- Super Troopers, and I did um, when you guys interviewed Tom Segura. Yeah. yeah, that was my first one with you. Was that the first? Yeah, that was the first one. Where he's sitting there with that big old joint. Yeah, yeah, with the like with the weird um ca- uh, wax figure of a head next to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Holy shit! That was yeah. so cool. That was so fun. That was. I was at High Times. Yeah, Mike wrote it and yeah. you photographed uh-huh. it. I know. Whoa. First team effort. That was our first oh, yeah. team effort. Oh, fucking published magazine. I know. Hell yes. I wanted to actually ask you about so when we did the weed and grub photo shoot, mm-hmm. that was. Something you said, like, I just want to do this because I have an idea. And you're like, and you described it to me in like the exact terms that the, I mean, I think you described what happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we did it. You knew it so clearly. Yeah, totally. Can you, like, how did that come up? And how did, like, where did these things come from? Because I know they sort of like, you're like, I have an idea. It came to me in this very specific way. Yes. Can you talk about that, Um, please? Yeah. So, (laughs) yes, I can. (laughs) I want you to tell me where your ideas are from. They come from the universe. No, I um, uh, I do. uh, My favorite way to think of ideas is to listen to things that inspire me. So, like, I'll listen to music or listen to my favorite podcast, which was Mary Jane and Mike, when that (laughs) idea came. Like, literally, I was just listening to you guys talk, and I was in... You know, I don't know where I was. I was sitting what in my were you living wearing? room. Yeah. What time was it? <laughs> I was wearing a lavender chemise. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought, I like, sometimes when I'm really lucky, ideas, or like pictures, literally, because I see ideas in picture form, um, they just pop into my head like super duper 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 crystal clear and those are the things that I have to like chase and I have to and the the rest of my brain wants to squash them really quickly but then I have to like 
I have to like hold on to them really tight and then crawl my way out and be like, I'm going to send an email right now before I decide to just hide and, uh, and go read a book. No, no, I'm just kidding. Go look at Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so then, so the, the, the wonderful ones that do get through the powerful, like, shutdown of my imagination, they live to see the light and then they become, like, these super fun things I'm really proud of. Yeah. I have a couple pictures like that. And one of them, a few of them actually, are you guys because that shoot was so fun. So epic. To be able to, like, have this idea and then have it so clearly in your head and then call people and be like hey can you guys help me make this vision a reality and then have you guys bring what you bring which was like a lot of weed and some great food and like <laughs> and a kitchen aid and the kitchen aid and the bottle of oil and like all the weird the base mm-hmm. um anyways then then that that idea becomes a reality and i couldn't have done it without your guys's collaboration that first email is so important yeah the one that like is like in the moment right then yeah not i have something else to do i should do like there is nothing everything else is getting in the way of that first email mm-hmm. unless you send it mm-hmm. to start that train mm-hmm. fuck yeah it's so hard to send that email yeah, yeah. and then once you do and generally the person whoever you send that that email to responds back and you're like and they're like yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. you're like oh okay yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's so yeah sending that email or asking that question asking like, that question you know, yeah reaching out in general yeah it's very oh hard. i i yes agreed but also the um the commitment to seeing something so clearly and then actually taking the steps to make it happen i was just thinking of how we met my how mike and i met because you like sent an email you were like I let's meet. Do you know the crazy thing about that email? I didn't think twice about it and then I forgot all about it. Oh. I just like fired it off in in a non thinking walking into a door situation. Huh. There was like no calculation. Whoa. There was no nothing to it. It was like a it was like by the time I sent it it had been an afterthought and I just moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how I feel like shit mm-hmm. fucking goes, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's- when you're just like in it and you're like, I'm not like attaching anything to this. I'm not adding extra stress or energy into it by worrying. It's just something that's here and gone. Yeah. Do you chase that crystal clear? Do you expect it? Do you work really hard so that when, like, how do you, how, how, does that, it, how do you make it? Yeah. Or- it's like, uh, yeah, there's like, I don't know. I know people who sit around and they just wait for that shit to mm. come up. And when it does, great. Mm-hmm. But they really rely on that. And yeah. They just go about their fucking day yeah, doing yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And other people chase it every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, I'd say I chase it like 50-50, like every other day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the third and fifth day, you got to rest. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, that's the other Bible. Um, the Muse Bible? The Muse Bible, yeah. <laughs> the Creative Genius Bible. No, um, no, I meditate a lot. That's like my secret. I mean, it's not like a secret, but it's like I try to find that place through meditation. So that's like my, that's like if, if I'm, gonna, if it's not showing up magically, because sometimes it just shows up magically and then you're just like, yes, like with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then you have to just like be honorable and respect that idea by seeing it through. But if I'm not, if I feel like I need, like I start to get that just like um, tingly feeling of like, I need to be creating something right now. I will definitely just like 
sit down and like do some hardcore meditation sessions mm-hmm. and just be like where do I need to realign or like where do I need to shift some things or what do I need to do to help me rest in a way that feeds my brain and creative creativity and I'll find that answer through meditation or like if I'm also really lucky like I'll just like find like the vision through the meditation you sound so responsible like you you, you sound like (laughs) such a responsible person like honoring these things taking the time feeding your brain meditating like how did you get there oh boy it's a long road right (laughs) it fucking is yeah oh gosh how did I get there yeah how did you become this like responsible person taking care of yourself so well like you know what I mean yeah it's a really great Um, thing to do and I think it's really hard it's so hard hard. Uh, I just like you know shout out to therapy or Mm -hmm. you know life coaches and um I definitely was really bad at taking care of myself for a long time. And then I went through something super, super traumatic that like almost wrecked me or like my identity basically disappeared. And I had to just be very intentional about how I rebuilt my life. And so that I didn't get into old habits or patterns as I move forward. And that I actually took time to like value myself because I basically got a divorce and I realized I didn't have a self because I was like married to this person and so attached to this person and then all of a sudden that person walked out and I was like oh shit I don't have a self really like who am I so I think learning to be good to myself just came from that and an innate patience that I have I'm a pretty patient person or kind Mm -hmm. person And I realized I was, like, really patient and nice and kind to a lot of other people, but not myself. Like, this person, I felt, like, really betrayed me. And and I realized, hey, whoa. Like, I didn't realize someone could treat me like that. So I'm no longer going to allow this person in my life. Mm. So for me, it was, like, a very clear, um, complete, complete ice out because I realized I had not been taking care of myself for so long to let things get to where they were that I like all of a sudden had to just re I had to like emergency survival mode like put your oxygen mask on first but you know put your life vest on first or else you're both going down yeah and learned that lesson like real quick and real fast and I was just like whoa that's actually that's the smartest I've been for a long time Mm -hmm. if you're putting your own life vest on first and your own oxygen mask on like what if people don't like you for mm. doing that shit. Well, there are going to be pe- yeah. people who don't like you, especially the closest to you, mm-hmm. <laughs> who you're trying to you know, protect well, yourself from sometimes. They'll, yeah. they'll hate you for it. Yeah. Yeah. But then you kind of realize that maybe those people are the ones that are actually making you drowned or crashing your plane. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as someone stops liking you for like actually taking care of yourself then that person probably wasn't really good for you yeah. in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Damn. You should get away from them. Yeah. They're ballast. Damn. I can say, though, the people in my life that have, like, given me space when I needed to take care of it of myself, and I do that a lot. I hibernate a lot. They, they The people that are, like, have long-term showed up as, like, always going to love me, be there for me, really, um, be good friends, they've always, like, lovingly respected that. 
Mm. You know, they're like, oh, yes, Mm -hmm. because we love you. We want to see you more loved. And if loving yourself is like kind of just hibernating for a second and journaling a lot or something, then then yay that's yeah. a win yeah they won't right. resent you if yeah. they're good people they won't resent you for yeah but yeah it's very codependent relationship oh. um territory when someone's like no you're not allowed to take care of yourself you mm-hmm. have to take care of me has this carried over into you deciding you just want to be a fucking photographer <laughs> Ooh, i don't know i think i've had to learn that but I definitely learned it real hard in my relationships, relationships. Like, I feel like I have that locked down. But my business is harder. Mm. That's like, maybe that's like next phase in mm. life. Yeah. Yeah. Round two. Round well, you two. got a ring now, ding, so that ding. makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> 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 it's still so new. It's still so new. When did, wait, when did you get engaged? Um, today's Friday, so two days ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's fresh. It's really fresh. Thanks for the exclusive. Yeah, yeah. You you guys heard it here first. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm I'm a fiance now, which I never ever thought I would do that again. But here we go. <laughs> I I feel like I leveled up. Yeah. Wow. I mean, on so, in so many ways, but. Like emotionally, like I feel like, oh, okay, because I'm I've finally learned to allow this wonderful thing into my life again. That means I learned my lesson and I healed and I had long enough to like set good pat like good patterns in mm-hmm. place to like um, buffer and set boundaries around the things that I did last time. Like I just like went. I feel like I've gone through a good a good round of solid learning. Can we talk about psychedelics? Oh, yeah. Is that a, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about um, LSD. Cool. And I don't know. I just wanted to, like, I know you you have an affinity for... like LSD. Yep. Yes. I, I, um, hmm, I think it's beautiful. Uh-huh. Granted, they're, you know, you got to throw out, like, it's not for everyone, but it you kind of have to respect it you right? have to respect it yeah because there's also like if you have any um like uh like schizophrenia in you it can bring that out earlier so i gotta like be like okay it's not like across the board mm-hmm. safe i don't know if it should be recreational disclaimer, disclaimer. this is the disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer. segment <laughs> of the podcast my friend peeled his skin off like an orange <laughs> no uh-huh. Cool. That's like bath salts or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the high school don't do drugs play. Yeah. With the high school yeah. don't do drugs play that I saw, the girl who took acid walked into an airplane propeller. Oh like my that's how God. she died. Because she was had. like, yeah, That's she was great. like the airplane hanger and she was high on acid. Oh and she was looking at an airplane propeller and she thought it was so beautiful that she had to get closer to it and she walked into it. And that's how she died. <laughs> that was how my high school was like, don't do drugs because I this is what story. happens. And there was another one where a guy put his eyes out with a knitting needle. I had that oh one. Yeah. Now he was trying to get the rats in his brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't it, do whoa, drugs. It's don't. always like the town over that you just like don't get their paper. So yeah. you have no idea if yeah. it's true or not. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> 
So oh, uh, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Oh, my God. Although if you're out there and you have your high school tall tale that came out about drugs, will you please let yes, us know? Please. I want to hear everybody's, so like, good. our drug tale. Yeah. I remember when uh, they did Acid on Degrassi, which I grew up with. Oh. Um, Degrassi Junior High. <laughs> uh, the guy who took Acid, it was, like, the size of this fucking napkin. Like, he was oh like, my I'm good. you guys want to do Acid? And then he took out a sheet of paper and, like, crumpled <laughs> it into a ball and put it in his mouth. <laughs> Like, wow, you just this ate a acid sh- so dope. <laughs> acid got me. I was like, that's an entire sheet of blotter. You just ate my friend. <laughs> that's like a hundred hits of acid. Uh, party on. To oh <laughs> <laughs> grassy. Don't do drugs, kids. Oh, fuck. Yep. Old drugs. So, but yes, no, LSD. Disclaimer aside. Disclaimers aside. It, it, it fit my brain. Mm. I don't know. I think it just made sense of my brain. Like the first time I did it, I just thought it was the most beautiful thing ever. But, you know, there's, like, set and setting and who you're with. And for me, I'm such a Taurus. I'm like, what am I eating? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, so, so it's, for me personally, such a beautiful experience. Very meditative. So, like, they say that you can do, like, the effects of acid are, like, taking away a thousand, not a thousand, ten years of um, meditation practice. Wow. So it's kind of like... You just click in, mm-hmm. like you if you if you can ride it, ride it right. Um, and you know, some people do it like, like ooh, go walk around, do crazy, look up crazy things. Like I love to just do yoga and like light some candles and just like sit and meditate. That's why I like it. Wow. So and then it's just like you're just like dropped in, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Do you like being outside, or oh, do you prefer I to be love, inside? I love being outside, mm. but I also love being inside. Yeah. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I like being outside and inside. And inside. Just being, huh? Yeah. Well, like, or just like spending like a half an hour in one world, which is like the warm, like by the fire world, and then stepping outside on the porch. And hear and like feeling a crisp chill on your skin Ooh. and like hearing crickets or I mean that doesn't happen in LA but like like if you're in Joshua Tree or something hearing crickets or like little birds flapping or and then seeing like the blue light in the sky I don't know I just think it's like it's fucking great once again super visual person like yes. it's just like makes ev- it makes me understand color more it makes like everything pop out i i see light patterns differently mm-hmm. so like i can remap them for photos like it's just like such a such a cool way to step for me like there's that angry vo- not angry but like like negative voice inside all the time being like no you probably shouldn't do that that thing that's good for you you probably shouldn't do that and it just like takes away all the the that like muck Mm. and lit and you get to just live in the like positive space of 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 so many possibilities i didn't know it was usually positive Mm. really yeah what did you think intense Mm-hmm. I just always hear it's intense, which doesn't mean negative or positive. Mm-hmm. But what you're talking about is like it being a positive experience more times than not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's really cool. But uh, there's like quite a few studies being done now for therapy. There's um, books being written. There's one that Michael Pollan wrote a really, really wonderful book. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, it came out in 
the spring, I think. And he himself, like he experimented with a bunch of different yes, psychedelics yes. and then so wrote about he, it. Uh, right? Yeah, he went on it from a very like immersive journalistic way mm. where he like really went on the journey a bunch of times and just tried to ask the questions of what this is. One of the big takeaways from that book is the importance of set and setting. Mm. So respecting the experience and, learn, and knowing that you're about to like go on a journey. So f- creating a place for yourself that you feel safe. And then like what kind of um, like setting your intentions also. And also being okay. Like I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a weirdo who read House of Leaves at sixth grade. <laughs> but I um, feel like I'm totally okay with the scary things in life. Like generally speaking. Like my scary things are are you know dinosaurs yeah yeah (laughs) i mean actually i always had a phobia of being kidnapped but that's like i don't think i had to i've ever had to worry about that were you cute yeah i was really cute curly super curly hair curly hair yeah yeah. all right also my house was haunted growing up and i used to like have dreams of my dead grandmother like giving messages to my parents so like i had i was oh you were tapped in i was very tapped in wow haunted by your grandmother well, my grandma, because I also slept in her bed that she died in, so that could have been why. Was she next? Like, you were like, <laughs> oh, the reason I'm dreaming about her is like, I'm laying on her yeah, corpse. Yeah, I'm like basically Yo. just like locked in there. No, but I used to I used to sleepwalk and then like wake my mom up and be like, Grandma Phoebe's here and she wants to tell you this. But I was not like awake, but Whoa. I would like be waking my mom and she would like wake up for me, like glazed eyes over and be like, Grandma Phoebe wants you to know this. And then I would like tell her something and she would just be so scared yeah that's terrifying yeah small children saying things like well, messages like, yeah. from beyond <laughs> there's <laughs> terrifying yeah it's Elsa, like legit horror movie there's shit. something <laughs> scary about a little kid's bare feet in the dark coming oh, yeah. to the side just of the bed a little nighty like a nighty gown <laughs> and your eyes only come up to like yeah. just above the side of the bed yeah Oh my God, how scary for your mom. You kind of were kidnapped by yeah, like ghosts, <laughs> like totally. inside kidnapped. Also, there was this like little girl who would always come to me that like lived in my house, like in my dreams and stuff. So, and yo. Yeah, she, so like there's, yes, weird shit. Wow. Yeah. So, have you watched The House on Haunted Hill or do you watch ghosty stuff? No, I ever? don't like horror movies. Do? Okay, well, it makes sense. I know. You <laughs> don't need to see those movies. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Tapped in. I guess so. And then, like, my, my aunt passed away a year ago, a year and a half ago. And she came to me, like, like wow. the day after she passed away. And, um, and gave me, like, I it was like, I, was, I felt this, um, like, I felt this person like walking around with like I felt it walk into my loft and then just be like following me around. Whoa. And I could like feel like you know how when you get the shivies, like it just was like a, a constant shivy in like one spot, like like a heavy feeling. And so I went up into my room and like shut my door and I'm like, okay. If you are a whoever you are, like if I can help you then show me how and if I can't then you need to leave and um I got really quiet and just started like meditating and breathing and then I heard I heard my aunt's voice and she was like telling me these things and um it was like so beautiful I didn't actually know her very well so I didn't really know any of the things that she was telling her but I was flying to Oregon to see to my mom and all her sisters were there like tending to her dead body I was flying there the next day and she's like you have to tell them this 
And so I was like, okay, I feel like a freaking crazy person right now. So once again, I'm going to declare if you want me to tell, say this crazy stuff out loud, then you have to create the situation for it. Whoa. And if you don't, then if there's not like a perfect magical time to say this super fucking crazy shit, then I'm not going to do it. And so I flew there the next day, and sure enough, it was like everything was lined up, like the conversation for me to go to her, my cousin, her daughter, and then like my my girlfriend was reading our tarot cards, and like all these cards were pulled, and she was like, Lauren, do you have something to say? Like it feels like this like what? reading like that you like need to declare something. And I just like got hit with it and I started sobbing and I'm like, Allie, I need to tell you something. I think your mom came to me yesterday and she told me this. And I told her and she just like started sobbing and she's like, all of that makes so much sense to me. Thank you so much. I don't think I could have gotten over this without that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. The shivvies. Full bod shivvies. So I totally believe in wow. spirits and I'm just like at this at a certain point like I believe enough to be like there's like yeah there's sure like well-intentioned spirits that want help and there's also probably not well-intentioned spirits that you can just be like you're not welcome here or like do whatever you know I'm sure there's some spells you could google or ask, ask <laughs> or ask a witch ask a witch you find your local witch yeah and give her a hug the very idea of you being Having the wherewithal to ask those questions instead of uh, attack what's in front of you or mm-hmm. run or run mm-hmm. is I it's hard it's I'm trying to wrap my head around what I what I'm really trying to think right now because that kind of it, ability is really unbelievable. Yeah, to sit with it and not to let the fear overtake you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Mm. Yeah, I think I learned that. So I went after my divorce, I like got help and I went to this intuitive life coach because I love the woo woo. And she was really wonderful. She's who I partnered with this cave project. Shout out to the cave projects that shout out to Stacey Warner. And I did that project with Mary Jane. That was the first time I photographed you. Yeah, that was an incredible experience. So that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But I think going to someone who was pretty intuitively tapped in and could help me, like, instead of um, telling me, because I was, like, pretty conservative growing up, so I had a lot of, like, white male evangelical pastors telling me what I had to think. So I got away from that, and then as soon as I had someone who was just, like, patient and sat and was not afraid of the messy stuff with me, like, she was very much like, okay, where does it hurt? okay, let's ask why, where does that come from? And like allowed, guided me to try and like do the healing for myself, like feel my own empowerment. Give you the tools to build. Yeah, give me the tools, yeah. So I don't know what I was reading at some point, maybe like A Course in Miracles or something, (laughs) but. Did you get your GED in that? My GED. Miracles? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, it's more like a, in, like an independent studies. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. okay. A diploma. Yeah. Hi mom. Hi dad. I'm going into miracles. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, GED is a diploma. Yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. So stupid. GE. Wait. General. General education document. Diploma, I think. Degree. Right? Degree. 
And we're right. <laughs> Wait, what did that door look like again? So, <laughs> no, but it's like a little piece yeah. that's right Just, above the window or okay. below the window. Okay, you know, you know Michigan, years. right? So, my palm is Michigan. <laughs> the door. <laughs> that, you know that podcast about doors. <laughs> regional doors yeah. oh there's a whole series of the doors of dublin that's a true oh thing. yes no i've seen that those doors are cool yes maybe not, not. like these weird midwestern doors <laughs> with, out here with skinny windows that only go to the doorbell yeah how many locks did you have on your front door growing up locks yeah mm. oh i think only one i can picture the kind of place you live yeah yeah <laughs> because of how many locks how many have? locks are on the door was it just the doorknob lock or a deadbolt? No, it's deadbolt. You had one deadbolt. One deadbolt, that's it. I grew up in a place that also had a chain on the front door. Oh. Like that extra added yeah, 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 chain yeah. protection. Yeah. Did you put it on? Did you use the chain? Like when you came home? Would you put the chain on? That's the thing, right? Trap yourself in. Yeah. yeah. You would? Yeah. Like we oh. were raised to like close the door, deadbolt it, lock it, and then put the chain on once Whoa. we're inside. Oh, that's so intense. Right? Oh, I was raised in the country. With like no one around us, there's only four four houses like, and then just like hundreds of acres of grass field, and there was the children's farm home down the street. First of all, my door had a lock on it. It was never locked. We left our car keys in the car. Like it was like country, you know, outskirts of town. But the children's farm home was right down the street. Sometimes they used to run away and go hide in our barn. Oh. And I think that maybe that's part of my phobia of being kidnapped. Because yeah. I thought the children's farm home was like a penitentiary. Because I was like a little kid. You're like, oh, little yeah. kid jail, yeah. Little kid jail. Sure. You know? What was it? It was like teenager jail. Oh, it was like a juvenile delinquent yeah. place? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Children's farm. Yeah. Juvie? Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, um, like, yeah, like a troubled kid's like live-in center where they got, you know, they and had And they gates. would run away and yeah. hide in your barn? Yeah. Oh. That's so sad. I know. And scary, I know. probably for you too. Like, did you happen upon them sometimes? And you're like, no, we just like in the we barn. would just like have like the cops show up and be like, I think someone's back there, and then they'd come and take the kid. And... You're reminding me of when I was a little little kid um, growing up in St. John's, where we didn't lock our door. Yeah. Um, like, I'd come home from school and it would just be open, and my parents would be like both at work, and yeah, just like no lock on the door. And yeah. so one day I had come home after school. And I was sitting watching TV, and all of a sudden, I turned around, and there was a man standing in the doorway of the living room. No, that's yeah. my fucking phobia. A big, tall no. man just standing in the doorway watching me. My fucking arm hair. No. And um, I turned around, and I just remember feeling no fear. And I was just like, can I help you? And he just stared at me with these crazy bloodshot <gasps> eyes. And he, I don't remember if he said anything, but he turned around and left. He might have said, a word but I don't remember but I remember he turned around and left and I turned around and went back to watching TV oh my god and then like an hour later my mom came running in grabbed me and like put me in another room and closed the door and was like stay in here don't go anywhere there's a uh, escaped convict on the loose <laughs> And, uh, or he might have been from the um, mental institution, but wherever he was escaped, he was escaped. He was standing behind you. He was escaped. He was standing behind me. And the cops were there. And there were like all of these patrol cars pulled up and he was hiding in our backyard in a tree. And my mother was like, oh my God, thank God he didn't get anywhere near you. And I was like, oh, he was just like in the, I was watching TV and he like came into the room and she didn't believe me. Oh my God. She didn't believe me. She, I think she was there's, so scared yeah, that she was like, no that way. didn't fucking happen. Oh. <gasps> 
And I was like, no, I think to this day, if I brought it up with her, she would be like, that absolutely didn't happen. You did not see him. But oh, I 100% did. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about you and ghosts again. Oh, yeah. Ghosts. One of my biggest regrets when it comes to things that I don't necessarily know I had control over ever was my mom's dad, my grandpa on my mom's side, John, died. And I had this wild dream with him and I. And I could never see his face, but I always knew it was him. Yeah. And at a certain point, he there was some weird division between us. And then in my dream, he was like peeking around the corner at me, almost like, is it okay if I come in? Am I welcome here? And all of this. And I just remember my dream yelling to him, get the fuck out of here. Like, get out of here. Go. You're Whoa. not welcome here. Go. Yell, yell, yell. And then he just disappeared and I woke up. And I like had this huge deep regret of just feeling like somebody was trying to contact mm. me or you know connect or mm-hmm. do any of anything at all. And I just shut that shit down. And like that was the last I've ever had a dream like that. Whoa. You know, it was almost like I uh, fired myself from a job that I wanted because I didn't know I wanted it. Wow. It was really fucked up. And uh, yeah, and it's really hard for me not to think of that time with yeah. everything you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I don't like that you feel bad about that. But I also feel like you could just like ask and be like, hey, I'm ready can I have now. a redo? You've done so much work. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> wow. The, the general ability to think things through is astonishing <laughs> to come up with a logical conclusion. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> I'm like, that's a serious like- problem. <laughs> you can... Like you can reapply for that job. Yeah. They're yeah. they're hiring. Yeah, they're totally hiring. Yeah. The ghost voice? Yeah. Yeah. They're totally hiring. Ghost voice is yeah. totally I, hiring. That's <laughs> There's like a whole employment agency. They're always trying to staff up. Yeah. yeah. Like... Special skills be open. Yeah, that's, it, that's right? all. Yeah. That's all yeah. Special skills. Do the work. Do yeah. the work. Ask yeah. questions. Yeah. Deep breaths. That's all. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What kind of yoga or meditation is it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You uh, make it up? I, I, I like, uh, I mean, I don't know what kind of names there are. Like, there's like transcendental meditation. It's not that. Kundalini um, is a lot of meditation, well, isn't Kundalini it? Well, Kundalini is a, it's a type of yoga that I practice um, that's like super cool in that it open it like really gets your energy just like buzzy. And is there some meditation involved? Yeah, in preparation for going into oh. medi- like med- the meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's super cool. And I, I like to do kundalini yoga when I do LSD because... <laughs> so evolved. <laughs> it's like the most evolved statement. We should say that there's like she is, has like a third eye that blinks every so often. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> right where the doorbell would be. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right below the little window to my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Callbacks. We haven't gone, we haven't talked about when we did the photo shoot for Weed and Grub. Yeah. And it was my first time being in that kind of situation where the dialogue is not only going between me and my scene partner, Mary Jane, Mm -hmm. but there is a constant dialogue with you as the director too, because... Mm -hmm. Whether if you're in theater, the director is watching. If you're like on camera, the director is watching. Like it's mm-hmm. you and your scene partner. And holy shit, like the rhythm and sync 
that you swirled and got us in so that we could like do something I'm really proud of yeah. was remarkable. Cool. I love playing with people. And and that's why I, sh- I like my favorite is to shoot entertainers. Mm. And, you know, I shoot a lot of actors and entertainers and musicians and like makers, like people who like make things. And it's my favorite to just like take a creator who I'm like, you're doing something. You're like making something, whether it's like jokes or podcasts or jewelry or whatever, but like you're like creating something out of nothing and I'm so inspired by that. And then like those are the people that I like to play with. Doing that with you is my first peek at having a dialogue with the camera. Mm. And that is pretty fucking addictive. Cool. Yeah. To wrap this up, yeah. I just want to say what I've learned today is that not only I knew that Mary Jane and I trust you and Charlie Sheen trusts you, but also ghosts trust you. <laughs> like everyone from like living to dead is on your side and trusts you. That's oh, cool. That's cool. Gosh. You're a guide. Oh, look at her third eye blink. Yeah. <laughs> wink, 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 wink. <laughs> it put on a monocle. Small. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, mm, I see you. <laughs> oh, I just picture like holding up little opera glasses, totally. Yeah. <laughs> On the little stick. Uh-huh. From the window and the portal. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Where can people find you, Lauren? Oh, they can find me on the Instagram. That Again, I'm not so good at updating, but I'll try. At Lauren Hurt Photo. Just an at symbol. Lauren like Ralph. Hurt like ouch. Photo like the word that's short for photography. <laughs> Thank you and come back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's all make I'll things. I'll bring more cheese. Let's all do stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't, even, we didn't even get to, like, weed and food. <laughs> oh, my God. No, this was psychedelics and ghosts. Psychedelics okay. and ghosts. <laughs> on that, we're at Weed and Grub on Instagram, weedandgrub.com. Leave us five-star review. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.